Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bone Chillers Podcast. I've got myself, obviously, <laughs> here today with, <laughs> it's like uh, me. I'm back again with Hale. Back again. <laughs> to talk about some more serial killers. Um, so have you gotten up to anything spooky lately? I know it's been a little bit of time since we've last spoke. Apologies to listeners. Um, but yeah holidays and busyness sometimes life gets in the way (laughs) so have you been up to anything spooky lately um you know just the state of the world is kind of (laughs) yeah yeah, it is life is spooky (laughs) yeah it's good kind of it how about you um not too much i did a horror film quiz last night online Oh, and um, yeah, I thought I I liked horror, but then they showed stuff that I was just like, I have no idea what this is. I've never even heard of it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's stuff to add to the list. Yeah, I mean, I've been <laughs> you know working on the podcast and whatever. Yeah. So I actually yesterday spent all day filming a video. I was filming for twelve hours for a <gasps> video. <laughs> wow. And I'm not done with it. <laughs> so you just have like editing and stuff left. Um, I put everything in, into my editing software, and then I was like, oh, I don't have enough footage, even though I just recorded for 11 hours <gasps> that today, and then finished. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, it's fun. Will it just be up on the normal channels? Um, yes, I think we're going to put it on the podcast YouTube, and then, like, put that to, uh, like, social media and stuff, so I'll send you the link. Awesome, yeah, and then, uh, we'll share it on our podcast as well yeah dude (laughs) cool so this time we kind of went a little bit for a theme um where we're kind of going like old school (laughs) yeah because the ones that we've been talking about recently have been pretty recent like in the grand scheme of things um so yeah now we're gonna go back back a ways to people who are definitely not around now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how not <laughs> just be zombies or something vampires living forever but yeah so hell if you'd like to kick things off that'd be great all right so i'm gonna be talking about hh H. holmes today who is the first urban serial killer Ooh. Um, so he operated out of chicago in like the late 1800s so kind of before him it was all like frontier serial killers um so he was kind of the first like modern one um, and a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is his murder castle. Yes, because you mentioned this on, I think it was the last one. Yep. Right. And Rupert was like, oh, yeah, we know him. And I was like, what are you talking about? Not like, obviously, know him, know him. But he, <laughs> yeah, we go way back. Um, but he was like, we watched something about this. And I was like, no, we didn't. And he's like, yes, we did. It was literally the other day. And I was like, uh, I don't remember. So I wasn't obviously paying any attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, you were so very intrigued. yeah yeah it's probably just doing something else like crochet or something <laughs> not watching anything but yeah so uh, it's somewhere in my subconscious this information but i'm intrigued <laughs> sorry <laughs> so hh H. holmes born herbin Her- herman webster mudget um was born on may 16th 1861 in new hampshire um, not much is known about his childhood. Um, he was the youngest of three, son of a farmer, um, and his parents were devout Methodists. Uh, they beat him regularly and locked him in the attic uh, as punishment. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's kind of all we know about 
his uh because like with modern serial killers we kind of have like records with yeah ones from the 1800s we don't yeah yeah so he always described himself as a mother's boy um even though he would fantasize about his parents death (laughs) all the time oh um after the great chicago fire he would like imagine them burning to death um yeah so messed up little kid but Mm. of his class like he was very smart right um so a story that he would tell all the time when he got older uh is how uh when he was a kid a bunch of the older neighborhood boys forced him into a doctor's office because they knew that he was like terrified of doctors in the offices um and the doctors would have fresh corpses uh like in the back for dissection and they would have skeletons hanging in the office so no wonder he's afraid. Yeah, I don't want to go in there. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so the kids dragged him into the office. He was kicking and screaming. He didn't want to go. They put him right in front of one of the skeletons in the office and, like, made him look at it. But when he opened his eyes and he looked up at it, he, like, all the fear faded away. And he said that that sparked his curiosity of the human body. And that kind of inspired him to go to medical school. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. He had, like, an epiphany from something that absolutely terrified him. Okay. Which- which could have gone really well. Like, he could have gone on to be, like, a really successful doctor. Yeah, I was going to say. But we'll see how that turns out. Mm. Um, so by the time he turned 11, he was kind of showing all the signs of, you know, being a serial killer, uh, psychopath. Uh, he started dissecting wild animals, and he had, like, a box of keepsakes that had, like, cat paws and various, like, skulls from the animals that he killed. All right. Um, he had one childhood friend named Tom. Um... Tom died in a fall when the boys were playing together in, like, an abandoned house. Um, there were suspicions about whether uh, H.H. had anything to do with it, um, but when they asked him if he was sad about it because Tom was his only friend, he just said, I'd rather be alone. Oh, that's not good. And everyone a bit incriminating. Flag. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, so Holmes graduated high school at 16, and he became a teacher. Um at 18, he met and married his first wife, uh, Clara Lovering, but he left her for medical school and she was kind of just like forgotten into history. Oh. Um, which is probably better because he ended up mm. all of his wives anyway. <gasps> oh, wow. Okay. Spoiler. And you say all of them as well, so there's <laughs> definitely more than one. It's a few. Wow. So, Holmes' favorite crime was fraud. He will go his entire life up to literally his last, last breath. Um like conning people wow so he started uh working at a pharmacy in philadelphia um where he maybe possibly poisoned a woman (gasps) but we we don't know if it's because he wanted to or if it was an accident because he didn't know anything about like pharmaceuticals how did he get the job it was the 1800s yeah i guess and be like i went to pharmaceutical school and then be like all right you're hired yeah i guess they can't like google you (laughs) like oh did you actually go yeah fair so in 1886 he moved to chicago um and chicago was just a hot mess um in the 1880s it was like there was murders there were all it was all search of crime um mainly because there wasn't really a police force yet right. it was still like new mm-hmm. um so in 1888 he found another pharmacy uh, across the street from a vacant lot in a suburb of chicago 
Um, he went inside and he spoke to an elderly woman who told him that her husband was upstairs in their apartment dying of cancer. But, you know, normally that would be a sad, you know, home sense that he could take advantage of this old lady. Mm. Um, so he offered his services as a pharmacist um, and let her know. He did let her know that he accidentally killed someone in Philadelphia. What? So full transparency. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. Everyone makes mistakes. Wow. That is very forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, you are not coming near my husband. Thanks. Bye. I'll see you later. Um. So, coincidentally, the old man did die soon after Holmes started helping. Right. And we're not sure if that's just because he had cancer or if mm. it's something to do with it. Right. Um, so, Holmes offered to buy the pharmacy off the old lady um, on a payment plan. And she was like, yes, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I need the money, whatever. My husband just died. And he never delivered on the payments. Every month, it was another excuse. So wow. he never ended up paying her for the pharmacy. Oh, no. Um, eventually, she filed a suit on him because she was like, okay, like I need my money. Yeah. Soon after she filed, she mysteriously disappeared. <gasps> Do you know how many months were in between? Or like how many months he didn't pay for his rent? Uh, I'm not sure exactly, but it wasn't that long. Okay. It was only a couple months. Okay. So when she disappeared, you know, she was like known in the community. So everyone was asking him about yeah. where she went because he was the only one that would know. Yeah. Um, he just told everyone that she went to visit relatives in California. Um, and then eventually they were like, oh, she's been out there a while. And he was like, oh, she liked it so much that she decided to stay. Wow. And for him to be giving that information. Yeah, it's like, it's a bit. This guy? Yeah, exactly. This guy shows up, the woman's husband dies, and then she disappears. Yeah. It just all went downhill for this poor lady. Yeah. Wow. Um, so soon after that, he was like, you know what? I need another wife. Huh. Um, so he met Murda Z. Belknap. Oh. They had such great names back then. <laughs> Did you say her name was Myrtle? Myrta. Myrta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so they started speaking through letters. I'm not, it didn't say how they initially met. Right. Because she didn't live in Chicago, but eventually she moved to Chicago, um, to be with him. Okay. Um, Precursor to online dating. Letter yeah, dating? I guess, I guess, like, how did they meet? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you can't go on, like, I don't know, plentyoffish.com and choose a location or something. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about most of what i'm going to talk about is the construction of the murder castle and the, mm. the murder castle itself um but before that i didn't know where to throw this in it's just like a little tidbit yeah um, the great-grandson of hh holmes wrote a book stating that holmes was actually jack the ripper oh wow but the book was like terrible and everyone was like this is all <laughs> this is all bullshit <laughs> right also jack the ripper was in london so he had to travel pretty far because right. obviously again it's not going to be the easiest thing back in the 1800s you can't just hop on a plane <laughs> <laughs> right I'm boating over to london <laughs> all right so the construction of hh H. holmes murder castle <laughs> Jeez. um he sketched out Holmes sketched out all the architectural plans himself. Um, he l never let anybody see like the full plans. Um, so like when construction workers came in, he would show him like the hallway, like the plans to the hallway that they were working on, and he'd be like, "Okay, put a door frame in there, 
Um, these gas pipes are gonna go to this room. No, it's not for murder. Uh, it's just gas pipes. <laughs> wow. So what, like, just open gas pipes in a room? So the way it was set up was the entire second floor, all of the rooms were, like, some of them were airtight. Those had gas pipes going into them. <clears throat> Locks on the outside. So, like, the woman would go in, because it, it was primarily, like, young women. Mm-hmm. So the woman would check into the hotel, go into the room, and then he would lock it from the outside, and he had, like, a secret room behind the room that had, like, a peephole and, like, controls for the gas pipe. <gasps> so he would go in and just, like, you know, press a button, and looking through, like, the little peephole would, like, watch these women die. Wow. That just does not sound real. Like, it sounds, like, so made up. It's very, like, just wait, it gets better. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I'm terrified now. I can only imagine, like, how can this get worse? So, obviously, he didn't want anyone figuring out what the end plan was, so mm. he would kind of, like, break up the plans and give it to different people. Right. So, the castle was under construction for a year and a half, and he had over 500 construction workers coming and going. Wow. So nobody would kind of catch on like he would have someone come in work on one hallway and then he would hire someone else right i see honestly how nobody figured it out is like beyond like me i yeah he had, he had people coming in and setting up gas pipes to go into the rooms and then he also had he had shoots going from the second floor from the rooms down to the basement what yeah so, because, like, obviously after he killed the women, he didn't want to, like, have to take them out back into the hallway where there could be people. So, in the little right. apartments where he had the peephole, he had a chute that he would just dump the body down and it would <gasps> to the basement. What? Yeah, surely, like, you would ask and be like, oh, so what's this for? Like, even just small talk. Be like, oh, what are you, you going to do with this? Right. And if anybody asked him about the shoots, because, like, a couple people did. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of construction workers back then were just kind of like, okay, I'm getting paid. I don't really care. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. A job's a job, right? Right. But he would tell them that the shoots were for, like, butlers that wanted to have some fun. Which, like, I don't know. If it didn't lead to my death, I would be down to go down like a two- Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Put a slide at my workplace. I'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so when the castle was finally done, um, it was like a huge like attraction in Chicago. It looked really nice on the outside. It was like quite a sight. And people really admired Holmes like for being a go-getter. Like, look at this guy from New Hampshire coming to Chicago and building his own business, you know? Right. Um, the first floor was totally normal. Um, it had shops, restaurants, it had like a jewelry store, it had his pharmacy because he was still running that. Right. Wow, so this place is huge. Yeah, it's pretty big. Okay. You can look up pictures of it. It's actually, it's really cool to look at. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, well, I'll definitely get pictures for the Instagram, so. Right, yeah. That's a good thing to look for. Um, and then the third floor, all the rooms were totally normal. Like, there were no... There was nothing weird about the rooms, but the layout of the third floor was really confusing. Mm. So there were, like, dead-end hallways. There were stairways that didn't lead anywhere. Um, there was one hallway that had, like, 51 doors, but there were only 35 rooms. What? So what What was there when you opened a door? So, like, some of the doors led to nothing, but then there were also two doors to one room. Like, just to be confusing. <gasps> right. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's... <laughs> 
I would not like to go to this place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would now. Not when he was like... <gasps> oh, yeah, definitely not, yeah. I don't know if it's still there. I'm not sure. Yeah, I wonder, because it could go kind of either way, couldn't it? Like, they could just be like, we need to demolish this absolute terrifying thing. Or kind of be like, come and look and make it a tourist attraction. So, yeah, it's be interesting. Um, once the body was in the cellar, once he dumped it down the chute, um, it would meet one of two fates. Um, it would either, they would, he would either get rid of it chemically, uh, where it, he would just kind of dump it in like an acid tank. Mm. Um, which again, someone had to put in the acid tank. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know? Um, and then cremation, uh, which he achieved with a furnace that was installed for glass bending. So at least he had, like, he had an excuse for that one. Yeah, right, yeah. But when they were putting it in, they were like, oh, this furnace isn't big enough for glass bending. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, and they were like, it's almost like you're going to burn a body in there. It's the perfect <gasps> He was like, yeah, haha. <laughs> wow. So they did, like, realize the size. Oh my yeah, god. It was more of like a joke. Like they were like, oh, you know, but the irony. Um, he had a safe that was installed like next to his office on the third floor. Um, but the safe was airtight and fitted with gas pipes as well. Um, but he, so he did have like money in there. Like he actually used it for its purpose, but he used the room specifically to get or to kill girls that he knew personally. So. Um, that's where his wives died, and that's where people who worked at the hotel, like girls who worked at the hotel, that's where he killed them. Right. Oh my god. Another red flag that everybody ignored was that he had operating tables installed. What? And I guess he got away with it because he's a doctor, but also, why would you have operating tables at your- Yeah. Yeah, because it's not like he's gonna be- like, it's not a hospital. It's a hotel. Right. With, like, a mall downstairs, but still. It has nothing to do with the hospital or, like, a doctor's practice or anything. Right. Weird. Um, one piece of equipment that could never really be explained, but he tried his best, uh, was an elasticity determinator. Oh, so I don't think I've ever heard of one of those. <laughs> he described this device uh, as a way to produce a race of giants. Um, so it would basically it would stretch people to twice their size. So that's what? how he explained it away. But it was just another torture contraption, you know? I was going to say, that surely does not work. You'll just pop everyone's bones out of their sockets. Right. I would just <laughs> rip them in half. Yeah. Wow. Um, so in 1889, um, Benjamin Peitzel came into Holmes's life. Um, he put an ad out in the paper saying that he was a construction worker um but Holmes being kind of a lifelong con man saw that it wasn't real it was just a way to for Ben to get money oh um, so Peitzel kind of became Holmes's goon um for the rest of Holmes's life uh Peitzel was kind of his right hand man in the scams oh wow he never he never caught on or he just cho like chose to ignore Holmes's murderous tendencies. Right. Um. So, yeah, it's not really known if he like actually never caught on because he wasn't too smart, mm. or if he just chose to ignore it. Right. Um. So one of the construction workers that 
Holmes actually hired was Charles Chapel. Um, and in conversation had found out the chapel had learned how to articulate skeletons uh, while he was working on a contract at Bennett Medical College. Okay. So Holmes was like, come up to the second floor with me and brought him to where he had one of his operating tables. And he was like, look, a partially dissected corpse. Hmm. And chapel was just kind of like, oh, that's cool. I want to be a part of this. Hmm. <laughs> and Holmes uh, kind of made chapel his... Another one of his right-hand men. Wow. He So Holmes would kill the girls and start the dissection, and then Chapel would finish the dissection and re-articulate the skeleton. Uh, and then Holmes would sell the skeletons to different medical schools and doctors, um, and they could get... So he could make anywhere up to $200 for one skeleton. Wow. Well, I was going to say, they are expensive, because obviously I studied like forensic archaeology and stuff. And I like putting bones and skeletons together. I mean, but there's a line that you draw, right? You don't be like, oh, oh yeah, you killed that person. I that's fine. I want to I still want to play with the bones. But also when we were there, obviously people donate their bodies to science now, but you can also buy skeletons that aren't even real. So they're like I don't know, plastic, I guess. And there are thousands and thousands of dollars. So I think $200 in... Yeah, so then... Is like over $5,000 now. Right, yeah. I was going to say that was probably really expensive then. So, yeah, to add to his con. Jeez. I guess he had to fund his castle somehow. Right, exactly. Because what else is he using the money for? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, I mean, he did technically use his operating tables for actual medical practice. Oh, right. Um, it was, he performed illegal abortions. Um, so hundreds of women showed up for the procedure kind of over the years. Um, but any woman that died on the table ended up having their skeleton displayed in different doctor's offices and schools around the country. Because he would just, if they died, he would just take them send them to chapel, dissect them, and sell the skeleton. Wow. Did he, like, hide those debts? Or was he just like, well, I did this thing, and it just so happened that they died? Or did he, like, keep it a secret? Um, I think he, because, like, nobody, like, the girls never told anybody that they were going to get an abortion. Right, yeah. Yeah. It was illegal, right? So they wouldn't, they couldn't, really. Where Holmes was like, well, well, nobody's going to miss this person. They didn't know that they were coming here. Right, yeah. So they couldn't follow up to be like, oh, so-and-so is missing. Right. Oh, that's so sad. And especially because, like, in the 1890s, it was kind of just, if someone went missing, it was like, oh, yeah, they just packed up and left. Like, nobody suspected people of murder. Right, yeah. Because people would just pick up and leave. Right, And just yeah. move across the country, and nobody really thought anything of it. Right. Um, so, Holmes continued to scam people. Um, he would create flim-flam machines uh, to get investors' money. So, he, invest, uh, he made one where he said he can turn tap water into gas. So, it was this machine where he had, like, a bowl of water connected to pipes and and things and then like gas would come out the other end but he just had a gas pipe connected to the end right (laughs) so the investors 
thought that he that the water was going up through the pipes and then coming out as gas. Oh my god. I guess chemistry wasn't a big thing back then either. <laughs> no, clearly not. <laughs> um, so he made tons of money off of that. And then Wow. Um he pulled a bunch of life insurance scams with Peitzel. Mm. Like over and over again. Like how many times can you die? Oh, what? So that he like faked his friend's death. So he would fake his own death and Peitzel would take the life insurance <gasps> money and oh, I see. would fake his death and Holmes would take the money. Right. Wow. Like, <laughs> over and over again. Like, how does that work? Nobody's, nobody's checking records here? Yeah, what? Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 1894, Holmes and Peitzel would commit their last fraud. The pair faked Ben Peitzel's death, uh, but the insurance company and the coroner were not convinced that the body was Peitzel's or that the death was even an accident. So, basically, they said that uh, Peitzel was in an apartment and there was a fire and he died in the fire. Right, so that um, the r- remains get burned, I guess. Right, so that mm-hmm. it's not really recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, but So the insurance company gave them the payout um, but then they hired the Pinkerton Detective Agency, which is kind of like a really well-known, kind of like a Western detective agency that everyone right. knows of. Which I actually didn't know was real. It doesn't sound like it's real. I mean, none of this sounds like it's real. I mean, So why would that? <laughs> I, th- I always thought that the Pinkerton Detective Agency was like a thing in like movies. and then Right. Cool. And it's obviously like old and it's lasted a long time. Right. Cool. Okay. So they hired the Pinkertons to figure out uh, kind of what was going on. And he, they arrested Holmes because they were like, okay, there's definitely, this isn't Peitzel. This isn't Peitzel's body. So Holmes was like, oh yeah, it was, uh, it was insurance fraud. Uh, it's not Peitzel's body. Uh, Peitzel's in hiding. <gasps> so they, but he wouldn't give them anything else. He was like, let me out and I'll bring you to Peitzel. So he, they let him out. <laughs> wow. And he was like, I'm going to go because Peitzel wants to see his kids. I'm going to take his kids. I'm going to go see Peitzel. I'm going to bring him back here. And they were like, all right. So he left and they were like, oh, he's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Oh my goodness. Right. Um, so they started searching all the houses that he's rented. Um, and in every house or apartment, they found more bones and dead bodies right so they found uh they found the remains of his ex-wife they found the remains of benjamin peitzel's kids oh no but they had been there already right so, so they didn't know where Holmes was they eventually found him because he's a con man and he got arrested again for stealing a horse <laughs> Well, yeah. So, because they found the remains of Peitzel's children, it kind of became clear that Holmes had not only committed insurance fraud and faked Peitzel's death, but he had actually killed Benjamin Peitzel. <gasps> oh, wow. I guess he didn't want him to talk. Why would he, he just kill him and then collect the insurance money? <laughs> well, I guess because he had caught, been caught like doing it fakely before they might look into it again and be like surely not 
this time. But it would have actually been Peitzel. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I was, it's a bit suspicious. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where he had built his entire life on lies and it kind of caught up to him. Mm, right. Because he just didn't, like, he just got in over his head with the lies and now he lost his right-hand man, obviously, because he killed him. Yeah. Um, so he was put on trial and convicted. He was only convicted of killing Benjamin Peitzel. Wow. Yeah. Um, he... So he's convicted of killing one person. He wrote a confession letter and claimed to have killed over 27. Mm, it seems like it would be more than that yeah, if he's got this little castle. It's suspected that he killed like over 200 <gasps> because of the castle. Right, yeah. This 27 that he claimed to kill weren't in the castle. Like there they were other they were all the remains that oh. they found in the houses, like his ex-wives, the kids. Right. All that stuff. Wow. Um, so he was sentenced to death, and in um, they asked him if he had any final words, and he said, I am not guilty of taking the lives of any of the Peitzel family. So it's like... But I thought you did. He did. But it was one of those things where he was like, oh, well, I've gotten through my entire life by lying, so maybe I'll save my own life by lying. Oh, I see. Well, a bit late there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um... Right before he was hanged, he said, I have never committed murder. That is all I have to say. So, even in his last breath, he was, H.H. H. Holmes was trying to calm people to get his way. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a bit of a shorter one just because. Yeah. There's not a lot. Yeah. Mine's going to be the same. Right. Before he's. There was less information because mm. it was so long ago, but also I wasn't going to go into, you know, every detail of the castle. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah. I just have a question about the castle. So you said it was a hotel. So would people like think that it was like a legitimate hotel and were like, oh yeah, I'm going to spend a night there or something and then like reserve a night or? It was a legit hotel. Oh, it was. Yeah. You just had certain rooms that. Right. So, um. And, like, there were a few people uh, that, st like, high-profile people that stayed there. One of them uh, was Annie Oakley. She was, like, a famous <gasps> sharpshooter. Right, yeah. So she actually stayed there, um, but H.H. H. Holmes decided not to kill her because she was too high-profile. So a lot right. of people that he killed were younger girls that wouldn't be missed. Mm. Like prostitutes and stuff like that. Right, I see. Anyways, um, but it was an actual hotel. So it had, like, all the shops and restaurants on the first floor. Yeah. Money that way. Yeah. And there was short-term and long-term housing. Um, so, the, uh -huh. like, he had people that actually lived there as well. Oh. And he let them actually live. Yeah, he never killed any men or, like, older women. And so it was just, like, specifically younger women that wouldn't be missed that he targeted. Oh, wow. But could you imagine, like, you stay at this really nice hotel, and then years later, it's like, oh, I stayed in the murder castle. Yeah, that's terrifying because people obviously didn't have a clue as to what was going on. That's insane. It's wow. Like, so many serial killers like look up to this guy and it's like, not that I understand it, but to build a murder castle and be the f like one of the first like prolific serial killers. Yeah. Like, wow. Crazy. Yeah. Like he went balls to the walls, didn't he? He was just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. He was like, it wasn't do it. I'm going to do it hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in plain sight. Like, he just did not... I don't know. Obviously, it is like this mental thing where 
Because, like, I know I wouldn't even be able to do anything, like, remotely bad or sinister because I'd just be too guilty. (laughs) Obviously, he didn't have that kind of mentality. So he's just like, yeah, whatever. So he's very bold for doing that. Whereas I'd just be like, I stole something. And I have to keep that quiet for the rest of my life. There's, you know, like just even like little things like that. So I can't even imagine how like a murderer would also just be like, yeah, no shame, no guilt. Yeah. One of his things, like obviously being a con man, he was very confident and he was like a ladies man. Right. Very like smooth with the ladies. He was just a smooth mm-hmm. talker in general. So he got his way a lot. Yeah. So he was really good at lying. And then it all right. up to him at the end because yeah. his whole life was just a giant web of lies. Right. Hmm. So how old was he when he died? Hold on, when was he born? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Quick, get out the calculator. 33. Okay, so he's pretty young. So he did all that. <laughs> yeah. 33 years. Wow. Jeez. That's like almost my age. And I've done literally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. But I guess maybe back then also their life expectancy wasn't as long. So I don't know. Maybe he felt like he had to get it in before he went. It's like, what compels you? I mean, like, obviously I'll never understand what compels someone to murder someone. But to build a murder castle. Yeah. Just to even have an idea like that idea. Because, like, obviously other serial killers and stuff, they don't go that next step. Well, I mean, sometimes they'll have, like, they'll keep a place in their basement and stuff. But he made a place specifically outside of his, I don't know, wherever he was. You, uh, like, Jeffrey Dahmer wanted, like, looked up to H.H. H. Holmes and wanted mm-hmm. to build a murder castle. But he was just, like, a guy in Wisconsin that didn't have <laughs> yeah. means to build a murder castle. Yeah. He didn't do any fraud, fraudulent stuff to, to no. get to that point. Jeez. Wow. Well, I chose to speak about Belle Gunness. I think it's Gunness. I want to say Guinness, but there's no I in there. So I think it's Belle Gunness. Um, And I find her intriguing because obviously she's a woman. Yeah. And I think it's just uncommon to hear about women serial killers and murderers and things like that. Um, Yeah. I mean, I remember when I took psychology back in college where I think they said it was like an antisocial behavior that sort of leads to this, you know, potential serial killer behavior. It's something that's found more prevalent in men, which is why obviously they like continue to go on to be serial killers. So, yeah, I find it quite interesting that she's she is a serial killer because I, I mean, I can't think of any, I mean, I'm not very good at serial killer names anyway, obviously, but I can't think of any that are women. Yeah. Off the top of my head. I can't. No, right. Yeah. So I thought I was like, Oh, cause, cause I'm getting these from like, I don't know, some list and some of like, Oh, top eight murders. And she was number two. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, she has like a crazy list of victims. Doesn't she? Yeah, she she actually is. She's also into her fraud. <laughs> yeah, These hundreds, you gotta yeah, get fraud going. Yeah, really. Um, so she her name is Brynhild Paulsdatter Storset originally. I wonder why she changed it. 
Yeah. Well, um, so she went by Belle and then Gunness was one of her um, husband's last names. Gotcha. Yeah. So she was originally um, born in Selbu, Norway. Uh, on November 11th, 1859. And she moved to the United States in 1881. And I think actually she moved to Chicago. I want to say Chicago, which is, again, quite funny, because there's there's another link. Um, And she moved to the States for like the American dream. Um, And so she went, okay, so she came in 1881. Again, that's math. So she was less than 20 oh less than 30 right yeah i don't know i was never good <laughs> she was 22 she was 22 right so she moved here when she was 22 um and so a series of deaths and disappearances of people associated with her followed many of which infest fetched her insurance money and um, so it's thought that she killed both of her husbands and their children which included her two daughters myrtle and lucy um yeah. So in 1884, she married a man called Mads Sorensen, um, and they owned a candy store, which burned to the ground. Um, and also their home had also burned to the ground. Um, and in both instances, the couple got insurance payouts. So she quite likes this now, right? <laughs> and so... Sorensen, her husband, purchased two life insurance policies. So on June 30th, 1890, both policies were active at the same time because one was going to expire that day and then the other began. So there was just like a little bit of overlap. That's why he had two. Um, And funnily enough, or not funnily enough, but coincidentally, he died of cerebral hemorrhage that day. And so Belle explained that he had come home with a headache and she provided him with quinine powder for the pain. Um, And then she says that later she checked on him and he was dead. And so, yeah, so she ended up collecting money from both insurance policies. Get your bag up, Belle. (laughs) Yeah, right. And that totaled $5,000. $5,000, 1800s money? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... If $200 was like $5,000 now, imagine. It's like millions. Yeah, right? So she's probably just like, oh, that's that's good. <laughs> so that, it's a bit suspicious there, right? So then in 1901, she married Peter Gunness. So this is where she gets her last name from. Um, and eight months later, he died due to a skull injury. And she explained, yeah, right. She explained that Peter reached for something on a high shelf and a meat grinder fell on his head, smashing his skull. And so his death was ruled as an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Like police in 1800s just really didn't care. No. Yeah. And I guess there's no way to like prove it. Right. There's no evidence. They didn't have security cameras back then. (laughs) No. And I guess like forensics wouldn't have even done much especially because if it was in her house her fingerprints and dna and stuff is going to be on it anyway so yeah it's not gonna there wasn't like any forensics back then no yeah yeah so she's lucky i mean even if there was she probably would have gone away with it anyway because who can ever say (laughs) it doesn't sound like anybody else was in the house um and so he had passed away and then there was a fire at 
um, the Gunness homestead on April 28th, 1908, so seven years later, um, when authorities went to um, just kind of look at what's happened, um, they found bodies of a headless adult woman who was initially identified to be Belle and her three children in the ruins. Um, Laporte police authorities were contacted then by a woman called Asley Hangelin, who had found correspondence between her brother and Gunness. Um, the letters included petitions for him to relocate to Laporte to bring money and to keep the move a secret. Um, so then Asley um, visited the farm with a former hired hand and they saw that there were soft depressions in what had been made into a pen for pigs. Um, and then so they briefly dug out one of the depressions that they had found. And a gunny sack was found that was said to have contained two hands, two feet, and one head, which she recognized to be that of her brother. Isn't that awful? I'm like, that's the one that she decided to dig up and she knew who was in it. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. Because, like, I've read, like, lightly on her. Mm. And it's just just so much. It's like, how did she not get caught? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, they don't seem to to care, really. Or just, I don't know, they're just like, oh, well, we can't prove it, so just let her go. So help that she was a woman. They were like, women don't do that. Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, so then they immediately inspected the rest of the farm site and they revealed that there were dozens of such slumped depressions in the yard um, and further digging and investigation at the site yielded multiple burlap sacks containing torsos, hands, arms, um, hacked from the so- shoulders down, masses of human bone wrapped in loose, this, this is gross, wrapped in loose flesh that dripped like jelly from trash covered depressions that proved to be graves. In each case, the body had been butchered in the same manner. So the body was decapitated, the arms were removed at the shoulders, and the legs were severed at the knees. Um, blunt trauma and gashes characterized the skulls that were found that had been separated from the bodies. Um, so they found parts of five bodies on the first day and an additional six on the second. Um, some of them were in the shallow graves under the original hog pen. Um, some were near an outhouse or a lake. Um, And then it says that the police stopped counting after they found those 11. I guess, I don't know. Were they just like, right, that's enough. That's too many anyway. Which is awful. Okay, nothing else matters. Yeah, right. You know that it's a lot. But still, I mean, have a little respect. But anyway. (laughs) So um, with these discoveries, the bells of, the perceptions of Belle, who was like thought to be a praiseworthy woman, um, she was thought to have died, obviously, in the fire that consumed her house in a desperate attempt to save her children were reassessed. So she, I don't know, was, I guess, idolized to be like, oh, well, that's really sad. She died trying to save her kids. But then all of this came out and was like, oh, well, she's not as nice as we thought she was. So, yeah. Um, so despite the initial success with the identification of Andrew, the one that she was writing the letters to, and despite the fact that widening news coverage of the mass murders invited inquiries from families with men that had gone missing, most of the remains could not be identified, which is a bit sad. Um, it's like the guy last time where the killer clown, where a lot of the bodies just, they don't, they don't know who it is. Yeah. 
Um, so then there was somebody called Ray Lamphier, um, and he was the hired hand and also an on and off lover of Bell's. In November 1908, uh, Ray was convicted of arson in connection with the fire. He later confessed that Gunness had placed advertisements seeking male companionship only to murder and rob the men who responded and subsequently visited her on her farm. Um, she stated that she asked, uh, he said that Gunness asked him to burn the farmhouse down with her children inside. Um, and so he asserted that the body that people were thinking was Bell's was actually a murder victim's, which was chosen and planted to mislead investigators. Um, the brother of one victim had warned that Gunness, um, that the brother might arrive at the farm shortly to investigate his brother's disappearance. Um, and so this is what was thought to motivate her to destroy the house, fake her own death and run away. Right. Um, yeah. So somebody's sibling was like, Oh, Hey, I know my brother came to see you and now he's not here. So guess what? I'm going to come in and see. So that was good. I guess to prompt that, I mean, not, just to kind of put an end to it, maybe, really? which I guess is good, but not good that their brother died. Um, and there was a journalist, and I guess it was at the time, but I don't know exactly when. He was called Edward Betchley, and he was given a secret assignment to acquire access to a confession and publish it. But this actually brought on a second inconsistent account by Ray. And so in this confession, he said that he had killed her and the children with an axe, sprinkled the bodies with kerosene and set fire to them in the house. Um, so he gave details of slaying the, the girls um, and told of his part in the former murders, which occurred at the farm um, and that his task would normally be burying any of the other bodies in the garden. So ones that she had killed otherwise, um, and so he then said, she's actually not alive. I, I killed her. So it's kind of weird because he originally said one thing and then changed his mind. But this uh, second confession was published because he spoke to a journalist unknowingly. Right. Um, and so this confession resulted in the arrest of also an accomplice who was called Elizabeth Smith. Um, but yeah, because there were inconsistencies between the two confessions including if she was alive or not, it's just unknown still. And I guess because of the time, again, there's no real way to resolve it. So it's just kind of a, a mystery still. Um, so basically, um, even though she was pronounced dead, Belle, um, nobody knew if she actually died or if she escaped. Um, and a, a, reportedly, there were sightings of her in the Chicago area which were said to have continued long after she was declared dead, which is weird. Um, and at, at the time, police looked into reports of women suspected to be Belle, but none of them led to her apprehension. And also, they recently um, did DNA tests on the headless corpse, the one that they originally thought was Belle, but the results were inconclusive. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, who knows what happened to her? That's crazy. Isn't it? I mean, obviously, she's dead now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that was over two, well, 200 years ago. The, I couldn't really find a lot of information as to 
anything about the other murders, but I think that they thought that it maybe went up to 40 men that she had sort of enticed over, probably stole from them and then just killed them once she got what she wanted. Yeah. And I also want to say that, hold on, I'm going to look her up. Um, because I think that she, her farm is now like a tourist attraction. So it went, yeah. So I'm going to, hold on, let's see. I'm going to look up her farm. I'm pretty sure it was Chicago. So I wonder if you knew, well, I guess maybe the time didn't, <laughs> they didn't um, match your guy. HH over there. Oh, no, right. So she was in Indiana. She went, right. So she's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> not she ended up in Chicago. Like, that's where she fled to. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's that? Okay, so she ended up in Chicago, supposedly, after she died. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, her, faked her death. But um, people just thought that they saw her in Chicago. Whether or not the police actually did anything like good to, to see if it was her or not i mean i don't know how can you tell i mean i don't know but oh yeah okay so it says after gunness's crimes came to light the gunness farm became a tourist attraction spectators came from across the country to see the mass graves and concessions and souvenirs were sold moreover the crime became an acknowledged oh, like yeah ends with like yeah like what <laughs> people are so morbid yeah so i don't know i mean I don't know if you could get away with that today, but it says that um, the LaPorte County Historical Society Museum, they have a permanent Belle Gunness exhibit. So I mean, I guess it was like one of the biggest news stories of the early 1900s. Mm, yeah. And I guess if I don't, I mean, I don't know how big LaPorte is, but if it's not like a massive, it's obviously not a city. So this probably rocked that tiny town like, oh, this was happening here so because obviously she kind of enticed men to come who might not have been local if she put it in the newspaper and then they would she was like oh yeah this is where i am come see me so who knows where they came from <laughs> my farm <laughs> yeah <laughs> and apparently it says here this is Wikipedia as well, but it says Guinness has also been subject of at least two American musical ballads. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, an American folk song, apparently. But people are like, I feel like you get a lot of this stuff in pop culture. Um, let's see. I'm going to see what this song is. <laughs> the Bell Gunness song. Let's see. Oh, yeah. And she had like names and she was called the female bluebeard um she goes by the queen of the abattoir bell the hoosier monster <laughs> yeah but yeah so this is not a really good piece of um citation but yeah apparently that somebody people have made songs about her but yeah and if you go on wikipedia there's a picture of her with her three daughters I like how on Wikipedia it says motive, money, and evading capture. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but is evading capture really a motive? Well, for her daughters, I guess. Isn't because capture just kind of the goal? Yeah, yeah, true, not the motive. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and those poor little girls as well. And she was 48, so she wasn't very old either. But, I mean, 
that's when she allegedly dies. Who who, who knows what happened to her? Right. She's not going to really come out and say, is she? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, she's a bit of a, a weird one because she's not really like, I mean, she does seek people out. She's also like, yes, she, I think she would get on with H over there. Yeah. Just conning people. Yeah, and also, like, they're both, instead of, like, going out and looking for someone to murder, like, Belle invited men. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, Holmes had his hotel. Yeah. Like, they're like, I'm not going to do the work. You're going to have to come to me. <laughs> yeah. And they they did. So it says victims at least 14. Yeah, scary. 14 is not bad for 1800s to get away with it. No, because she obviously wasn't doing it for very long either. So the last, so the fire was in, two, in 1908. And then the last husband had died in 1901. So assuming she start she started after he had died, that's seven years. That's two people a year. Oh, and apparently one person got away. I don't know what happened to him, but yeah. Imagine living in a time where you see an ad in a newspaper being like, come live with me on my farm. Let's get married. And you're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess simpler times, right? I mean, it's kind of like FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, again, with, like, the shortened life – well, not shortened lifespan, but lesser lifespan, they – I feel like – Yeah, exactly. I guess that's why they were also, like, younger – like, people got married younger just so that they could, like, pop out the kids and sort of be done with it. Whereas now, people are waiting. Love was until, like, 1970. <laughs> Yeah. So here it was just about having kids and the earlier you got it done, the better, I guess. So if you somebody was just like, hey, come get married, they'd be like, yeah, all right, that's easy. <laughs> they didn't have to court them or anything. And, and she comes with a farmhouse. Yeah, exactly. Her own place. Independent woman. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So here is, is they speculate um, that she's been involved in as many as 40 murders. It's like you think about 40 people. Yeah. Yeah. And then she just buried them all on her farm. And she seemed to have done it by herself. 40 people. No, I know. Well, she didn't. She just got them through. Yeah, and I guess. Would come to her farmhouse. Yeah, and there's, there's a disassociation there. So it was just like, oh, whatever. This guy. But yeah. I guess maybe, I don't know. Would they have been like, oh, I'm going to go and meet some, some woman to marry her? I don't know. I mean, I guess that one that the. Sorry? Yeah, it's like a Tinder date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always tell people where you are going. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But I guess that one um the sibling of one of the guys knew that he was going there. So he told somebody and they were like, I'm a coming. And she's like, oh, I'm a going. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's my story for today. <laughs> Scary people out there. It was a nice little throwback episode. Yes, absolutely. A little serial killer origin story. <laughs> yes. Well, it had to start somewhere, right? It's just a shame that, like, it, it did start somewhere. And people look up to these guys. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm going to copy that or do it better or whatever. Right, think. Like the last but, episode when we were talking about BTK. Yeah. Looked up, like, H.H. H. Holmes was, like, his hero. And, like, he had his own plans for, like, his own murder cast. Yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
out of all the people to look up to, that's what you choose. A murderer, <laughs> serial killer. So, yeah. It's like at least H.H. H. Holmes, like his hero was Andrew Carnegie, which is like, uh, you know, a businessman. Yes. That's fair. Yeah. Like the Carnegies and the Rockefellers, like they were the first like celebrities, really. Yeah. You know, and then to look up to a serial killer, I don't know. I know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Scary stuff. So, um, is it, do you have anything else to add? No, I don't. No? Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening for our third? It is our third. Yes. Our third um, podcast on serial killers and our 11th podcast overall. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you like, it would be great to like, share, subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. On Instagram, I'll put up um, some photos about the serial killers we spoke about today. Um, Yeah, so stay tuned for some more. Thanks, guys. Bye.